I don't, did you, I don't know, like, do you, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JB. That's when I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> don't be an asshole today. today and I'm having some tea, an afternoon tea, oh. with my motivation mug. <laughs> okay. I, um, I'm having a Sprite Zero. <laughs> Do the Brits keep their tea bag in the tea when they drink the tea? They no. don't. No. Okay. That's what and I thought. There's an ongoing controversy about whether you add your little bit of milk first, yeah. then pour your tea out of a teapot brew, uh -huh. or do you fill your mug with hot water, add your tea bag, and then add your milk? It's a huge... Uh, is it? Yeah. Same with the, the scones. Is it mm -hmm. clotted cream first and then jam, or is it jam first and then clotted cream? Ah, it's a lot of controversy. <laughs> It's a never-ending. What, is, what a, is clotted cream? What is that? Like it's a like a really thick um, cream. Like you know, if you're gonna use heavy whipping cream. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, but it it's it's set, so it's almost like you could spread it like butter, but it's cream. Nice. Oh, that sounds it, good. It really <laughs> is. It's amazing. Definitely um, good. <sighs> All right, well, listen, this is super exciting because you have discovered Kristen Key and you turned me on to her and she's kind of like a comedian slash singer. Mm -hmm. And once again, you went down the rabbit hole of, of TikTok and, and uh, Instagram videos, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so you, you'll be driving this train, JD. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm okay. Ready. There we go. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey. hey. <laughs> Hello. Fabulous. Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. I turned Denise on to you, um, I don't know, about a month ago, was it? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, we're so excited that you're here on the show. I turned a bunch of people on to you, but the news is one of nice. them. We're excited that you were able to make it today and make it on the show. And thanks for being here. Of course, you caught me on one of my few days at home this week. So I'm very excited to, to get to do this. Fantastic. I absolutely love scrolling my Instagram feed and having something of yours pop up. And just and stopping and listening and laughing like it totally puts a smile on my face like it's, you know, there's just the world is on fire. It's, it's you know, it's, it's hot garbage everywhere you look. So that's just a bright spot. Um, 
I want- I'm so glad you do. I'm so glad you stop and watch them. I wonder sometimes, I'm like, am I, am I putting out too many videos? And then every once in a while you get, any video you put out, you get a lot of positive, but you also get some really, really negative. So anytime I hear positive feedback, it means the world to me because it, it'll help erase one of those negative comments. The, the, my favorite, my favorite that I heard because it made me laugh, it was so mean. It said, the only reason I know this is a woman is because it's not funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that hit on a couple levels. I was like, that's funny. That's, they did good on that one. That was a good mean wow. comment. Wow. <laughs> that was leveled. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was an onion of, a, of an insult. Yeah. Layered. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, this is the thing. Like, I, I did um, uh, an interview uh, this week with the, the king of podcasts um, on his show, Podcasters Row. And I kind of like veered off and went on this tangent about, you know, cancel culture and trolling and bullying online and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I just can't believe that grown-ups can't just scroll by. Right? It's this innate thing in them. They can't turn their thumbs off. They have to brain to comment, brain to yeah. comment. And it's like, oh my God, I can't understand it. Like, I would much rather say something positive, share something positive or funny, um, then take the time to waste my brain power on a well-constructed insult. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. You know I, I get mean? that. Oh, it's exhausting. It really is. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm so mean on, on Twitter X, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> And then I decided I'm going to be a ray of sunshine on threads. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. They, you have your places for each. Right. I can, I can join in the hate on Twitter and then leave it all behind. Yeah. Super like sunshine and rainbows on, uh, on threads, you know, that's it's my brand. My brand is pretty positive and upbeat and uplifting. So my wife gave me the best advice, like, like months and months ago, when I first started to do more social media, I came out, I was like, well, these, these comments are like, they're getting me. And I was like, I tried to respond. She goes, just don't engage, just don't engage. Right. If you're going to read them. And I was like, cause I have to read them. Cause sometimes they're positive. And I want to, I want to, I want people that put out something nice. I want it to be received. Right. She's like, if you're going to take the good, you're going to have yeah. to let go of the bad and you cannot don't fight with these people. I was like, okay. And so now I, I try to just like, just go, ha ha, you know, whatever, just people yeah, I, being people, you know? Yeah. I, always, yeah. I go immediately to like, what was it? Um, Jimmy Kimmel that had celebrities read the mean tweets about. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I go immediately to that and how like that segment was just so damn funny, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like, the, you know, some of the, like Julia Roberts, really? Like, Which I just saw this yesterday. She was like, Julia Roberts, some people find her attractive. Her mouth is so big. She could eat an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, you know, their reactions to them are, are like what we should be. Yeah. You know, we should just be laughing that they, they, they couldn't contain themselves and they had to respond. Right. That's one time I responded, you know, to something that somebody wrote um, and I forget what it was about. I'm sure it was about something gay or whatever. And I blasted them back and I said, because like, who are you, you know, yeah. 
straight guy that no one's ever heard of, you know, and it, it turned out he was like some like pretty famous podcast. Right? <laughs> He's like, says me with my, you know, whatever, a couple hundred thousand followers. And I was like, right. So you know how I got, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> got to research it before you, before you throw the burnout, you know? Exactly. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I don't engage. Yeah, I got the whole laughing at it thing when other people laughed at it for me years ago, before there was even social media and it was more, and MySpace was out. <laughs> and I had my song um, when I was traveling the bases, performing at the military bases, and someone wrote, uh, and everyone loved the song. People were using it for their wedding song. It was a long distance love song. And then one person wrote, um, I like the song, but I'm not crazy about her voice. And I was like, oh, it wasn't even that mean, right? But it was, and, my, and, and Kelly, my friend that worked in, in the office in our business, and my ex were just, they just started laughing hysterically at that. They thought it was so, because I was like so aghast, like everything was so positive up until then. And then I'm like, oh my God, look at, and that got me laughing about it. So yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. you just take the funny part about it then like got it yeah because yeah. yeah. i mean i feel like we all have a negative voice in our head that says everything we might be self-conscious about so when someone says it on the internet in a comment that voice in your head goes see i told yeah. you you're a piece yeah. of shit and you're like oh shut up mean voice Kristen. like <laughs> you cannot let that that right. be louder you know you have to just sink it down yeah it's so it's so true it's ridiculous like i think you know, it's again, it's it's just where we're at as a society now, mm -hmm. and it sucks. It absolutely sucks. It's, but we have the opportunity to put a little bit more good in the world. And so I think that's like that for me, that's what, you know, if, if someone says something mean to me, I'll go and like, I don't know, someone's TikTok or something that maybe doesn't have enough. I'll just be like, ah, what you know, you're awesome or whatever. Just like a positive comment here or there on somebody that I appreciate their stand up or their music or something or a, yeah. a young content creator that's doing it just to have, you know, some sense of like community. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'll just spread a little positivity. Right. And uh, right. yeah. To me, it's like, I don't know if it erases it, but I think it's, I think it's more powerful, you know? I, the, one of the latest clips that you posted, um, had me, it was, it, it was, it would just like, kind of like summarize my relationship with my wife. And I like sent her the link <laughs> and, and said, this is us. Uh, it, it's just, it's so good. Like, it's just funny stuff. It's, I love observational comedy. You know, but um, like that's my favorite kind because I feel like all throughout the day, you know, like my my inner voice is is making fun of my cats, you know, kind of like, you know, like I think like and I kind of say it out loud what I, I think they might be thinking in that moment. You know? <laughs> right. Um, and it's just like it's it's just so my cat is sitting right here staring at me like who are you? Who are you talking to? Right. There's nobody there. Yeah, you're talking yeah. to a computer, you crazy lady. Yeah, I'm so, here we go. Okay. She's good. Okay. Well, I found you um, on Instagram. Like, I think a lot of people found you with your anthem, your gay girl anthem. Yeah, my uh, lesbian national anthem. Yeah. Brilliant. And I think yeah. that was the first thing I sent to Denise. Yeah, that was the first thing that I, I was wondering. following. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was wondering, was that uh, a big 
push for you? Like, did you get a lot of people? Like, was I not alone in that? Is because that's how I found you. Did a lot of people? Find it was it just you? us? <laughs> no. no, no, it ended up being it went it went viral, but not the first time yeah. I posted it. I remember I wrote that uh, I wrote that back in 2021, I think, or 2020, early 2022, and uh, I did. I was on this. Um, on this online live streaming comedy show called Social Distancing Social Club. And we were just kind of riffing. And I said something about, oh, I mean, of course they play the lesbian national anthem. And then we kind of joke and I kind of riffed a little version of a lesbian national anthem. And then I do a live stream show. And so I was like, oh, I should write the lesbian national anthem for my live stream just for one of our like song challenges. And yeah. then I played it, didn't think anything of it. And I was like, you know what, I'll record it and put it on TikTok. And then it got a lot, like several, you know, like 40, 50,000 views. And I didn't think anything of it. And then a few months went by, I was like, yeah, I'm going to repost it for like some gay event holiday or whatever. And that's when it caught traction and started like really, really gaining some, some tread. Um, but yeah, now, now it's like more people have heard it and it's kind of been my, is what people remember me by when they it's come see my show. So like, I know that song. I'm like, oh, you just hit on every one of our like stereotypical <laughs> points. You know that we're all aware of you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? it's just they're stereotypes because they're true i drive a subaru i have these hiking shoes the only <laughs> thing i don't have is currently i don't have a pet with any ex-girlfriends but i have in the past See? so yeah we're so predictable and stereotypical and stuff and it's okay for us to make fun of it but nobody sure. else unless you are a card-carrying lesbian well because we know the truth is like for every woman that wears cargo shirts shorts there's a lady in a skirt you know right. that lesbians really look like everybody there is there is a lesbian that checks every single box if you can see a person out in the world like some lesbians look like 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 moms and grandmothers and then some lesbians look like straight men a lot of lesbians look like gay men you know um <laughs> yeah. yeah a lesbian yeah. could be sitting next to you right now it's so we true. Know. We play that at the airport. Most people play gay or European, and we're like, you know, it's it's so fun. Yeah, it's uh, you can't really tell anymore because, as we've said so many times, especially this past Pride summer with all our different guests, gender is so fluid now. You know, sure. like, honestly, it's you could, you know, it's it's the rise of Shay Diaz, and we're all like. What yeah, is, you know, <laughs> I'm having to learn just like like everybody because I feel like an old lesbian because my my younger you know nieces nephews and I have a I have a trans nephew and trans niece that's that's helping me with things, but I'm just learning things that I didn't grow up with you know so just having to learn them for the first time but also like I think a lesbian aunt were the most supportive people on the planet because we're, we're just like yeah uh -huh. just tell me what it is so I can you know I can yeah. I can take it to lunch you know <laughs> I can <laughs> That is yeah. true. My yes. niece told me that. She's like, I'm so proud that you're a gay and you're a lesbian. I'm so my friends think you're so cool. <laughs> and she's pretty great. It's like having a lesbian in your neighborhood. It is it is like a unicorn. You want that in your I mean, I think kids need that in, as like a, like an aunt. We're like, oh my God, yeah, I've got a lesbian aunt. I could tell them anything. You really can. You can tell us about your sex and your drugs. It's still like when I heard my niece the first time, just really give her, it's like a Catholic confessional. The whole time I was like, uh-huh, yeah, oh yeah, been there. And then as soon as I was like, oh my God, she tried marijuana, I think she's had some sex. <gasps> you know, but my job was to sit there and just listen like, oh yeah, oh, how we go through that. Me too, sister. Woof, yeah, maybe try mushrooms later in life. Not now, not now. Oh, sweetie. 
down well, the road. Well, I love your, your uh, bit on the nephew when when you when you babysit your nephews and then yeah. you have whatever the sugar, the candy, whatever, all the rules you get. You don't. That's my job. Them. Yeah, yeah. My my sister in law sends him over with a list of stuff we're not supposed to do, and we we wad that up. Yeah, no, we yeah. drink root beer, we play Call of Duty. And then, uh, you know, bites us in the ass when we forget to ask questions like, are you lactose intolerant before we go get ice cream? <laughs> that's you only live once. Land, though. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I think I've seen a T-shirt that actually says, you know, the cool aunt. You yeah, know, like hashtag hero or shero or something like that. And I'm like, man, that is so perfect. There's a place that like my, my wife read an article. I don't remember where she read it, but it was like the importance of ants on society and how important we are to is like a, a non-threatening parental figure that we don't discipline but we're mm -hmm. here with all love all support all the time and it's a safe place to go especially during a, a period of time in like a kid's life when they're not sure where to turn you turn to yeah. your aunts yeah. because i mean when i was coming out of the closet i don't know that i came to my aunts for you know gay advice because everybody was was pretty not gay friendly but I did definitely go to them with like, I'm smoking and I'm, I'm like smoking weed and I'm drinking and like, oh, and I, and I just knew that they were like, we love you. And they gave me hugs and, you know, yeah. one of them had, had beer with me. It was, I don't know if it's the best thing, but it, right? I mean, no, no harm, no harm was done. You know, right. we, I just knew I was loved in that kitchen. That's it, you know? that's it exactly. Yeah. Like I had an, an aunt that we didn't necessarily go to with everything. She found out everything. She just had like this undercover network of spies. <laughs> and she, <laughs> That's funny. she would find everything out. And then, you know, it was just like, uh, I guess we got to own up, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, how did she know we went to that party? <laughs> you know, but she was also very suspicious too. Like one time she pulled me and my cousin aside and she was like, girls, any of your friends doing drugs? And we're like, oh. She was like, I mean, I know about the pot. And we're like, okay. She's like, but I mean like cocaine. Are they doing cocaine? And we're like, uh, no. You know, we were like in like eighth grade and, and 11th grade, you know? Like what, where would we get cocaine? <laughs> like, what, what do you think we're doing? And she goes, I gotta show you something. Come on, come with me. And we used to party and hang out in her detached garage that was set up kind of like a lounge in a game room. And uh, there was also all kinds of house stuff in there. And there was a bag of potatoes and she opened up the potatoes and she took out this little packet of white stuff. And she was like, I found this hidden in the potatoes. Oh. And we're like, holy crap. So my cousin being all angsty, you know, was like, looking at the potato bag, looking at the at the little sack of white stuff. And she was like, mother, these are rock salt potatoes. That is rock salt in the bag. And she like opened it up and stuck her finger in and did it like, you know, like a New York detective. Yeah. My aunt was so embarrassed. That's hilarious. She didn't even say anything. She just walked away. We were just like, she's funny. Man. Oh my God. And she knows and about the pot, you know, it was like, that was the afterthought. You know? She really did. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> but we were doing cocaine in eighth grade. Amazing. That's hilarious. Potato Amazing. cocaine. Right. Yeah. Potato cocaine. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I still think, you know, like, but that was the aunt's house that had the in-ground pool mm -hmm. and the foosball table 
Oh, and that's awesome. The summers we would hang out in the garage, and the winters we could we were allowed to hang out in the basement. You know, smoke, drink, do whatever, but just stay on the premises. Those were the rules. You know, you can you can drink all you want, but you're not getting behind the wheel, and you're not going home smelling <laughs> like booze. So plan on sleeping over, and it was like, ah, you know, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I do think that you know. Then I have other aunts that were not like that at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, but I, I think we're, we are society's heroes here. That is so correct. You know, yeah. when I think about like some of the best times of my childhood, you know, it was always stories about, you know, growing up and the parties that were at my aunt's, you know, it's nice. just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It was like the best childhood. I think I, I'm not, I'm probably a little bit older than you, but you know, like 80. I'm 42, 42. I was, I was born in 80. Okay. Yeah. 80 wow. child. So anyway, yeah. 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 The, I'm just, older than both of you. <laughs> Not by a lot. It happens. Whatever. I mean, we're all, we're all something. Right. I was young, the youngest one. So you are at 107,000 viewers. Oh, wow. On, on Instagram. I, I don't know. I yeah. Know your Instagram. Like, how did that feel when you hit a hundred K? Like, I can't even imagine because I don't work it. I'm not working my social media like I should be, but. But she's fascinated feel? by everybody else's. Anybody okay. 20, oh, over 25 okay. K, she is fascinated by Yes, it. I set a goal. I definitely set a goal. I was, uh, so August of uh, last year, so August of 2022, I had uh, 5,033 followers. And I'd been on a cruise ship doing stand-up and I heard some girls after my show, I'd like I was eating eating lunch in the, you know, in the Lido deck or whatever, the buffet. Yeah. I heard this yeah. table where they're talking about the comedian from last night. And it was me and they didn't know I was sitting right next to him. They're like, oh my gosh, she's so funny. And, like, and they looked me up on Instagram and they're like, oh my God, she only has like 5,000 followers. And I was like, that's embarrassing. Like, yeah. oh man, like these these young kids, like oh, I'm, a, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see what I can do about that. And so I reached out to a couple comedian friends of mine that I noticed that their social medias were taken off. And I literally hopped on a Zoom with a couple different comics and they were so kind as to tell me what they had done and their strategies and i've done the same for other comics now and then uh i just started um i really started like clipping and posting clips and then uh you know seeing the ones that, that did well and thankfully i had some some gems in my act that had never been because before pandemic you just didn't want to post your act because you don't want the audience to see it before they come see your show that was the old right. mentality right now right. everything changed the way that people are viewing content um, cause I think like the older generation was like, oh, kids are just on their phones all the time. Well, they are to an extent they're on their phones to find things that they want to do in real life. Mm -hmm. They go and they scroll and they see people skiing. I want to go skiing. Like, I want that picture. I want to be where that picture's taken. They see a comedian. It's not just like, oh, I watched a comedian's clip. I, they want to see the comedian live. Mm -hmm. So standup has had this huge boom because of TikTok and reels and, you know, Facebook and, and YouTube, because the younger generation is seeing this amazing art form for the very first time and they've never been in a comedy club before or, or when it like theaters now are actually having like i'm playing more theaters than i ever did before because we can bring we can we can bring my lesbian army somewhere you know so it's yeah the social media like like finding kind of finding what my act was like kind of who i am as an entertainer and what what message i have throughout my act and being able to put more videos 
that had that message go forward because it's like some of them are lesbian but some of them aren't but it is pretty family friendly there's not going to be a lot of swearing in there you're not going to see a lot of sex um but anyway it's it's kind of picked up uh, uh a new fan base that i, I wasn't connected with before and because yeah it's so nice it's you said that in here it's in the mainstream yeah yeah, that, yeah that's amazing you set the goal last year did you say last august the goal is I wanted, I think, 50,000. And then we hit that in about four months. And so then we just, after that, I was like, everything else is bonus. Let's hope for 75. And then we hit 75. And so when 100 came around, I was like, well, this is very exciting. Yeah. You know, this is really, is really great. More, is that getting you more work? Like, are you traveling more? Is, is that, does that reflect the, what you have? Well, my schedule was full. My schedule was full of cruise ships because. I got into cruises a few years ago and the cruises, I, uh, they like me. And mm -hmm. so they'll, they'll fill my whole calendar a year or two in advance. And so my calendar was full. What this did was I'm trying to, I'm now putting in events in places that I don't have holes in my calendar, but I'm, I'm squeezing stuff in because I think my new strategy is I might have to pull off some cruises to make room for touring because touring is more, uh, it makes more sense and it makes more money. Um, but mm -hmm. I've been surprised, like every experiment that I'm doing of like, oh, let's, let's, let's play Cobbs in San Francisco. Let's, let's first, let's see if they'll book me. We'll just reach out, see if they'll book me. They said, yes, like that. I was like, okay, well, let's see if we can get, uh, let's see if we can get enough tickets sold to make it worth everybody's while, you know, and I get in there and it's like, oh, wow, we have a, a lot, a lot of, a lot of lesbians. This is great. And so <laughs> now every time we, every time we put together a, a deal with a theater, like, um, we just came back from Everett, Washington, and the theater was, was almost full. We almost sold it out. And so it's, it's pretty exciting. And the fun part is, as a comic that's been doing this for 23 years, they're all there to see me. Right. How fun is that? Right. Usually, you know, back in the day, it's you just go, and there are people that are just there to see some comedy. And right. whoever they're in front of, they're like, well, I guess we'll deal with this. Right. And uh, right. We do get some people that are just like, oh, there's a comedy show in town. I like the picture. I'll go see it. But they're by and large, they're people that have seen me. They know what I'm about to do or the type of comedy that I do. And they're there and they're excited about it. And that makes it so much more fun for me. Oh, yeah. The reach is yeah. incredible. Like the reach is amazing. You know, we're, you can be based anywhere, but here you are putting up reels and putting up clips and everything. And people from everywhere are seeing them. So, there you are in Everett, you know, and people yeah. see you and, and it's probably because, yeah, they saw something that they like and connected with or whatever. And, oh, look who's in town, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's. Well, it's, and I target market to them. I can't, I can't officially target market to lesbians because it's illegal. So you have to find creative ways to target, like uh, do targeted ads to things that lesbians might like. You know? ah. So, so like, like I'll always target as to people who have interest in like pickleball and golf and yeah. WNBA <laughs> and Subarus right. and hiking sandals and cats and dogs and right. crocheting. Subarus. Bird, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then I'll look out in the audience and be like, all right, mainly I got lesbians, oh, a lot of short hair lesbians, oh, some, some couples. And then I'll be like, and those ladies just love cats. Yeah. Oh, I hope they're going to be okay. And you know, by the end of it, they're like, well, now they're in the lesbian army too. They're, they're cool. <laughs> That's so funny. It's silent recruiting, you know? It is. It is. A little dog. Everybody can join. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Silent recruiting. That's funny. How, how did you get um, the idea of combining your music with the comedy? Because that's not something you see a lot of. Like, I remember like chicken and the egg. Martin did what it. Came first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
He did it somewhat with the banjo, but not a lot back in the 70s, Steve Martin. Yeah, um, yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah, he was so funny too. I loved, I loved, uh, I, I still love watching his his old specials and listening to his old albums. He was, he was so clever, so clever and had a, had a, um, he was so uh, like, like silly. And I like silly comedians very yeah. much. Yeah, um, yeah, I started with just stand up uh, for the first six, seven years I think it was just straight stand-up no music in it and I played the guitar like I had learned the guitar from my brother um like just growing up in the what late 90s early 2000s we were so we we would play any any song that he had the tab to we learned how to play together and we'd sit around at parties we were that brother and sister combo that were just like my my wife used to call us the show-off twins <laughs> like one of us would play a song and be like, oh no 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 look what I could do no look what I could do and so so we we would just play like off and I was doing start my stand up career and everything. And then a few years in um, this, a friend of mine ran a local uh, college radio station. And so he had me on as a guest several times. And one time he was like, can you write a song for Valentine's Day? And I was like, absolutely. You know, so I'd never written a song before. So I sat down and it was like, man, it took like five minutes and it was it was fast. And it was it was a good song. I still like it. And I was like, wow, this is really fun. And so I played it on the station. It was called the passive aggressive love song. And uh, the college students really enjoyed it. And uh, and then I wrote another song when St. Patrick's Day rode around and wrote the St. Patrick's Day song. And then I would just kind of keep it to like writing a song for a holiday, you know, but didn't really think about putting it in the act until um, like I needed something to close with for a show. And so I closed with the St. Patrick's Day song. And then years went by and I would just like, I don't know, I'd play, I'd keep the guitar on the side of the stage. And at the very end, I'd play one song at the end, thank you and good night. And uh, uh, a manager I had, uh, told me, she was like, why don't you play more in your act? I was like, ah, nobody wants to hear somebody sing the whole time. They're like, well, you don't have to sing the whole time. I just, why don't you just try putting it in more? I was like, I don't know what you mean, but this is a stupid idea. And I said, but I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. Because this other lady had just recently encouraged me to come out of the closet. And that went really well. Because I, I was in the closet on stage till I was 35. And so this is all the way up into, this is, uh, what is it, like 2015? Is that right? Yeah. 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 So I come out of the closet, uh, and I come out of the closet as a guitar playing comedian because I, I put it in the act like I, I went up for a maybe like a twenty minute set, and I just had the guitar when I walked up with me, and I played it the whole time. But I only sang a little bit, but I played the whole time, and it was mm -hmm. like it was so crazy how well it fit to just like noodle and play. Uh, you know, if I have a a type of a joke, if I'm going to more like a, a couple's joke or a romantic joke, well, I know chords that are more romantic, so I play more of a romantic chord progression. Or if things get a little dark and go into a minor chord, you know, and so it's like, oh, wow, this is really fun. I can like set not only the mood, but I can really set some timing with it. I can use it for punctuations. And so it really became like another layer to stand up to where like I'll leave it off. Like every once in a while, I'll do a show without it just to see like, oh, what does it feel like to have that freedom to just walk around the stage with a microphone? I'm like, well, that is freeing, but I feel more freedom. Put the mic back in Mexico, get my guitar out. Oh, okay. This is man, I can go anywhere. I can take you with me. I can I can suck you in. I can stop playing it and make you miss it. Like there's a lot to it that that I really enjoy having. It's 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 like like uh I don't know, it's like having a little superpower. Um, it's like, in a a way, like you're you're setting yeah. your own musical score. Yeah, yeah. Your app, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I think it, it makes I think well, comedy, what it does to your brain, it's so interesting. Like, like when you laugh, your brain releases dopamine. And when you hear music, your brain lights up in different ways. So I think that it, I think it creates more of a, like a laser show in your brain than just straight stand up. Right. Um, 
Yeah. And so I'm, and I'm, I'm all about like being people's drug for an hour, you know, I'm cool with that. So whatever, you know, whatever I can shove into you in an hour, let's That's do what it. Is, yeah. you know, and I never, like, there are times that like, we went to go see Hannah Gadsby. At the, at the, so good. So uh, clever. At the London Palladium. Yeah. And wow. I love her. She had an opening act, Grace Petrie, who, a uh, very butch little lesbian with a little, you know, vest and a tie and jeans and played these amazing songs that were so politically charged and yeah. and like it was probably the first time that I, and then these little comedic bits in between uh, kind of to set the tone for the next song. Yeah. Um, and when she was done, like I just looked at my wife and I was like, who is that? Like, why yeah. have I never heard about her before? Like, and now I follow her on Twitter and, and you know, Insta and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, for, I first of all, I never heard of a, a comedian having an opening act that was huge. But yeah. I, well, I did wonder if it had to do with the injury because, you know, she had her, her leg in a, in a cast or a boot. And it's pretty customary. Yeah, but usually you do. You have a warm, tour, you have yeah. a warm up act. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, it was. Uh, what was know, her name? I want to look her up now. Grace uh, Petrie, P-E-T-R-I-E. Got it. Yeah, really, really cool, um, great lead in, you know, for, I mean, what a choice, first of all. And then what a gig, right, to to be seen by all these people that are coming to see Hannah Gag. There was no advertising that there was going to be an opening act. It was, right. you know, oh, like, Hannah Gadsbury. Also and, pretty customary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it was like a a happy surprise. It was fantastic. It That's was wonderful. Really, yeah. But I love I I didn't expect that at all. So that was like super cool. Like one of my first comedians with a guitar that I liked. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we get a lot of bad press. Like like we get uh, the the what I grew up with when I was first starting stand-up was I didn't want to play the guitar in my act because everybody like, I don't want to be like some fucking hacky guitar comic. I'm like, no, I don't want to be some hacky guitar comic. And so I didn't play it for a long That's why when my manager realized that you should play, I was like, well, I don't want to be a hacky guitar comic. She was like, are you hacky? I was like, no. She was like, are you good at the guitar? I was like, yeah, I'm getting better all the time. She's like, just, I mean, if you're good at it and you're original, you can do it. And so I kind of got permission. Plus I'd seen some other, I'd seen one other guitar playing comedian that I was like blown away by. I was like, well, and I asked him, I was like, how do you do this? You know, do you worry about people calling you a hacky guitar comic? He goes, people call me that all the time. Who gives a shit? <laughs> if they could play the guitar, they would. And I was like, that is a good point. If they could play the guitar, they probably would. Yeah. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. Yeah, I think Aki is more puppets. <laughs> you know what, though? I've seen some very, they, anything that I, now I'm of the, like, I'm a big fan of variety shows anyway, but I've seen comics do all kinds of things that are outside the realm of straight stand-up comic that I think are brilliant. And yeah. so now I will not fault anybody for whatever, because, like, <laughs> Ran, Randy Feltface is technically a puppet comic. And Randy Feltface, if you've never heard of him, he's a, a oh, is he Australian or New Zealand? Someone's going to get really mad at me for not knowing. Anyway. He, he's oh, either Australian or New Zealand. God right, damn it. I'm so sorry, Randy. Ugh, I'm going to say he's awesome. <laughs> anyway, just purple say, puppet. Yeah, all you know, you know, Randy Feltface, purple puppet, and he's the guy. You never see, you've never, I mean, 
And so it's just a purple puppet called Randy Feltface. Brilliant, brilliant comedy. Um, so I can't, I can't fault him for that. I knew a juggler coming up. His name was Tommy Drake out of Houston. Used to open for Cher. Tommy Drake was one of the funniest comics I ever watched, and he would do it while he's juggling a, uh, a bowling ball and a knife and a carrot all at the same time. Jesus. So yeah, I can't. I, I I'm always going to be on the side of the variety comic. <laughs> I'll never call anybody hacky for. I'll be like, whatever you can do, put it in your fucking act. I don't care. You know yeah. what? My uh, my cousin worked in uh, Las Vegas as a he was a hairdresser, flaming queer, and um, what a hairdresser that never right? happens for Lola Falana. Uh, <laughs> oh, there big, you go. Right, big headliner back then. Um, <laughs> anyways, he of course. You know, was was meeting all kinds of celebrities and whatnot, and I will never forget. And I was pro I was way too young to appreciate the adult humor. But one year for New Year's Eve, he brought home Waylon Flowers and Madam, who performed in my living room. Oh, like wow! Right? Like yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and it was just like I remember you know, seeing them on like late night talk shows and stuff. And they were there in my living room, but my parents wouldn't let oh. me stay up for the, for the comedy part portion. Of <laughs> <laughs> but That's um, funny. yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. So yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't knock it, but I do think like sometimes it's a little sticky, you know, if you're not good at both, it's difficult right. to sit through. You have to be very good at both, I think. And so when like when other comics will come up and be like, I want to put the guitar in my act, should I? I'm like, well, are you a, how long have you been doing stand-up? Are you a good comedian? And then are you a good guitar player? Then meld them together and do them both at a high level. But if you're shaky on one or the other, really work on the one you're shaky on so that when you do put them together, no one has to, because the audience, it's, it's a huge mirror you know, performing yeah. in front of an audience, they see everything. So if you go up very confidently and you're good at both and you found a fun way to weave them together, great. But you if not- like trying yeah. to keep the two things playing and your act, like there, there's no, uh, one is more domineering than the other. Like, like I find that, I mean, I don't know because I don't play an instrument, I don't sing. And I've only done stand up like maybe four or five times. So, but I can't imagine myself doing two things at once and having both of them be good. They, you know, they like help each the other. The brain doesn't I think. fight. No, no, no. It's, it's the other way around. The stand up goes first, of course, because it's a, it's a comedy show. And so the laugh is always the, it's always about the laugh. But if you can get the laugh with the guitar with no words, that's fun. That's a bonus. Oh. That's an extra laugh. Right. You yeah. know? I would imagine people probably at this point would miss the guitar with your act because you I mean, well, except for some people on the internet that still to this day have issues with it. Why does she have the fucking guitar? Why does she play it? Like there's some clips where it's there, but it's a bit where I didn't use it. And they're like, why is she even holding a guitar if she's not singing? It's like, well, I mean, so some people, some people really, they get as mad about that as that they do that I don't look like a traditional woman. For some reason, they just hate the guitar. But um, yeah, for me, uh, I think I think if I went on stage without it, it would be like a, oh, is someone going to bring it to her? <laughs> like, like, Where is it? It's definitely, yeah, it's, it's, do what? They'd be like, when is she going to play that song? Like one of your songs that you. Right, play? right. Yeah. yeah. I've noticed it's part it. of the show. I, it's, it's a, it, 
such work. talent. Like it's just, uh, it's not just comedy and it's not just music. It's being extremely talented uh, in both things and bringing them together. And that's, that's kind of you to say, it's always a, it's always a tightrope walk. It could always go south at any moment, you know? You think. <laughs> no, I do. I, I do. When you travel, that, that you're traveling more now, does, does your wife go with you on the trips? No, no. She's. We've been together for 17 years, and I've been doing this for 23. She comes to see me usually sometimes when I go to Vegas, um, yeah. or if it's a real convenient gig. Like she'll come with me to Traverse City. There's a Pride event there, and so it's a beautiful time of year to be in Traverse City. We have some friends up there, but um, I've always traveled. It's always been, yeah, I've always been on the road. And then when we first met, she also was on the road a bit too for her job. So we're pretty used to uh, like distance, um, but I'm only gone. I have it in my contract now, no longer than two weeks at a time. Um, three weeks if it's a really good paying gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you like the cruises? You, you like doing them? They're okay. I mean, I've done them for a long time now. So I'm, I'm a little like, uh, I'm still doing them, but not as frequently as I used to. Um, and I'm not going to say like the, the shine has worn off. It's just that I've because the opportunities are so big on uh on the internet like like creating content has become such a fun thing to do it's more difficult to do that um when the internet's not great and in a cruise ship you know you're you're there to see this amazing destination i mean i've been all over alaska and it's so gorgeous but it's like ah oh, as much as i want to enjoy another alaskan hike they're so great i really do want to um continue this momentum that that we're building uh, right. with the online content. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's, I think problems of abundance, you know, if I, yeah. if I'm complaining, you should probably smack me because things are really good right now. Um, like work and travel wise <laughs> getting, yeah. I'm like, Oh no, I'm at an Alaskan waterfall again, instead of playing on the internet. <laughs> meow, meow. Life is good. Life is real good. Online content is in it of itself, like almost a full-time job, right? I mean, absolutely. To get that and keep it consistent. Because someone, I have a friend that worked in the uh, IT industry um, from the promotional end of helping people with social media. And he's like, if you're going to do a blog, you need to do it, you keep, need to keep it current. So it's like, you got to keep the content coming. You can't just like not do it, do it, put something up and not do it for a couple of weeks and then put something up. And like, you need right. to, how often do you put something new up that people are looking? Is it every day? Daily. Or it's yeah. daily. Yeah. Wow. And that, that changed, that changed, uh, when we started set, like really, really working. And I say, I keep saying we, it's I, I've done like, like I'm just brought in a new, um, like brand manager in the last month or so. And she's helping me like grow the podcast bigger, you know, and just like, like take everything that I've grown and make it bigger. So now I have a, a, a little bit larger team that's helping online because it, it, it is a little bit overwhelming to have new yeah. content every morning. You know, oh, no. especially like to post at like 6 a.m. or hit the hot times where I want the most people on the East Coast and then in Central Time Zone to get it. I need it up by, you know, five or six in the morning. And so and the videos have to be clipped and edited um, and they have to be new, you know, so it's it's a lot. I mean, it's it's um, I like it, though, like for me, it's fun because I'm sober now. <laughs> like I got sober like seven <laughs> years ago. Prior to that, I mean, it would have been very difficult because my whole job was just to go to a comedy club, get shit faced, wake up at noon, smoke some weed, get showered, get at the club, try to eat something during the day and then lather, rinse, repeat. 
And then I got sober and, and I got a lot of free, like not free time. I got more time on my hands and more energy. So it is nice that now there is a world with so many opportunities because I have, you know, I'm, I'm present for them, you know, and I I do, I am focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I like today I went for a nice walk with my wife and we had a picnic and I was like, this is it today. The rest of the day I've got, I've got stuff. And so I'm going to be busy all night long. She's like, just promise me we can play that online, that video game, golf game one time tonight. I was like, we play 18 holes before bed. (laughs) Other than that, I'm going to be working. And so it's, it's like, again, problems of abundance. I work really hard. I spend a lot of time, you know, doing all this stuff and keeping all the balls juggling in the air and keeping a tour schedule going and, and trying to approach new opportunities. But you know, it's, it's all, all fun stuff to be working on. That's yeah, great. Definitely. You, yeah. You do you manage your career also, or you have a manager that books your tours and books your cruises? That's a tough one. That's a tough mm-hmm. one to answer. Um, I do have a manager, but I also do a lot of stuff that she does not do. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah, she, this is since pandemic reopened, we've noticed that things are a different situation than when we started. So yeah, the internet wasn't really part of our plan when we first started working together. And then yeah. pandemic hit and it became kind of an obsession of mine because I got, I was on the Grand Princess cruise ship. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but when in March of 2020, um, the, the Diamond Princess in December the previous year had had COVID in Japan and had to quarantine over there. Well, in March of 2020, end of February, early March, the Grand Princess uh, had reported that there had been a case of COVID the week before. So our ship wasn't allowed to port in San Francisco and we got stuck in the harbor of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were on the news and they didn't know what to do with this because COVID hasn't quite made it to America yet, but it's about to. But in the two weeks that we're like circling the harbor, um, we've got more cases. They're having to airdrop food to us. They will not let us port. Uh, President Trump at the time did a press conference and said, if it was up to me, I'd leave him out there. Um, it, a morale on the ship went to shit that day. I anyway. Imagine. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan before, but after that, I was like, you eat a dick, Trump. That was rough. That was rough. A whole, a whole, you know, 3000 passengers, mostly elderly, you know, worried, not knowing what we're like, we don't know how bad COVID is. We don't know if we're all going to get it. We don't know. We don't even have masks at this point. And, uh, so anyway, I'm quarantined to a military base after that for two weeks. Um, and people started doing online zoom shows almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Like the first one I said no to, I was like, nah, this will never take off. Someone within two days of that said, we do a zoom show. And because they'd been so quickly, I was like, yeah, just thinking <laughs> this may be a thing. And I tried, it was real fun. Yeah. So my whole business went online immediately, uh, right, right as pandemic hit. And thank God, cause I was able to eke out uh, a living and then actually make, make some decent money from online stuff. Um, meanwhile, you know, my manager and I, which had been working solely off the internet, so we just didn't connect as much. And then, uh, you know, of course the world reopens and now it's this hybrid world where a lot's happening online. Podcasts are bigger, you know, social media is huge. Content is being created constantly. And there's a world out here with, with touring and, and, uh, but TV, TV is now off the table. You know, we've got a writer strike. We've got, you know, We've got a, an actor strike. So it's, it is a weird time to be, you know, yeah. whatever, represented or, or not. But, capitalizing. but most of this stuff I've been yeah. doing, it, yeah, I've been doing solo. Yeah, capitalizing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it, it ha- that's, it just, everybody had to pivot 
you know, you got to hustle, baby. You got to find I your mean, hustle. Regardless of what yeah. business actually was. I mean, Jay, you were able to do gigs, you know, yeah. that's what prompted us. She called yeah. me and said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. I'm like, let's, all right, let's do it. You yep. Know? Actually, we started this and I still am doing now online shows, uh, women on the net. I'm doing one in October. Uh, National Coming Out Day. I forgot to put that on my schedule. I also do almost everything myself too for my own career. You know, I don't do it yeah. as fast as you do, but um, I uh, I know what it's like to be juggling everything and doing your own editing. I feel like I've time. always done it. Yeah. Like, I don't it's really not- know. I started podcasting in 2006 when people didn't even know what it was. Wow. Yeah. And- That's amazing. Yeah. I am the OG. Did they even call them podcasts back then, or was it internet radio? Was it? Was it? It was. It was internet radio. That's a while ago. Yeah, my station. I was doing it from um, Gay Internet Radio Live. So yeah. Wow. The Lesbian Lounge. Dude, women on the net. That's so funny. I hadn't thought about that since I had Suzanne Westenhofer on my podcast two years ago, and she mentioned that she was going to be doing this thing called Women on the Net. And yeah. I was like, oh, what a what a fun lady Suzanne is. She's she's oh she's man, she's nuts. Great. I love her. Yeah. She's one of yeah, our yeah. first guests. Yeah. Yeah, we've yeah. had her on. Uh, and, and I remember doing events with her in Orlando, right? Like we were the lesbian lounge and we would usually introduce yeah. people. Like Jay, how many times did we have to introduce you, you know, for <laughs> girls at gay days, girls in Wonderland, yeah. that kind of stuff, women fest. Um, Suzanne is so damn funny, so fun. And you know she what is. I love about her is that I can text her or email her or tweet her and say, hey, like, are, do you have a free day this upcoming month to, to do the podcast? And she will always say yes, always. You know, we're f- so fortunate. Oh man, she's way. amazing. Like, yeah. yeah. That we can, we can still reach out and grab and instead of actually having to go through managers and you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And, and it's, sure, sure. it's nice that people are kind of taking control of that, you know? It's, le- but it's lesbian, lesbian. Like if I'm oh, approach- totally. approached for a yeah, lesbian yeah, yeah. project, it's a lot easier to just go, yeah, I'll, I'll field this one. If it's like some rando, like, hey, you know, you want to come do this and this in Sheboygan or whatever. I'm like, hmm, they didn't say lesbian. Uh, yeah. Let me see if I get my manager on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if it's exactly. if it's from lesbians, it's I'm like, oh no no, I got this. I'll, I'll talk to the lesbians. It's cool. <laughs> that is so perfect. That's a perfect description. That is so true. I um, just did a lesbian retirement community in rural Washington, and I told them when I first got there, I was like, you guys, it's the difference. One word mix. If I would have been asked to do a retirement community in rural Washington, <laughs> I would have been like, uh, uh no, thank you. When I was asked to do a lesbian retirement community, I was like, fuck yeah, where do I sign? <laughs> like, hell yes. And it was so fun. It was such a thing. It's fantastic. <laughs> they keep it pretty, pretty deep. You, you have to be a lesbian to get in. They have legally hired representation to make sure that they can legally discriminate against men, which was my favorite part of being there, was just being on <laughs> sacred ground where, yeah, they were like, we hired a lawyer you cannot legally sell your property in this retirement community to a man. I was like, fuck yes. Oh, this is amazing. Utopia. Literally it utopia. Is. Everybody there has a dog or a cat. I know because I met every single one of them. They were so kind. Um, they, there's, a, there's like a, a community garden. There's like 
Anyway, they bring in acts several times a year. Unbelievable, but, but we're but keep it a secret because they don't want a whole lot of people to know about it. <laughs> I bet you it's a very well-run community that looks amazing. Everyone's house probably looks amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah, everything was landscaped. Uh, it was beautiful. Several dog areas. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh my! I can't. I'm not even going to say the name of it. I'm going to keep their anonymity. Just say somewhere in rural Washington. If you're listening, what's up, girls? Thanks for having me. <laughs> in rural Washington, I don't care. I don't care where it's at. The fact that that's a thing. Yeah. God. Wow. Yeah. I want one in. I I I I want one closer. We need to make some. I think though, as, as time goes by, though, our generation is going to be looking for places like this because a lot of us didn't have kids. Right. You know, my wife and I talk about it all the time. Yeah, we have retirement or we're working and putting money in retirement because we do not have children that will take right. care of us. We're like, we just, I mean, the things that my parents are scared of right now is what I'm planning for. I was like, I just want a place that's like retirement with nursing. <laughs> you know? They're like, we don't want to go to nursing homes. I'm like, I do. I would like a place that I can crochet until I can no longer crochet. <laughs> I will tell you what, man, my mother, when I, when I was, um, I guess like in my thirties, my mom had out, we always have had restaurants, uh, the most unsafe family business there is as far as retirement <laughs> goes and everything. Right. 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 <laughs> so she got out of that. Um, after my dad passed away, she was just like, fuck this because my dad here, he was like a factory worker and everything, but never thought he was going to go early. So he had no life insurance, no nothing. So my mom, it was such a wake up call for my mother. She was just like, sell Aww. this restaurant and find a job with a retirement plan, whatever. And she started, had a couple of different jobs, but she she ended up really being successful in selling, and here's the key, ready? Long-term home health care. Oh, yeah. So necessary. Right? Get it? Now. Yes. Get it now while you're young and the payments are low or whatever. What? But here's the thing. She, thank God, got herself a policy and couple of years later was diagnosed with MS and it was progressive. And now she has the single most wonderful home health care aid. I wouldn't be able to live in London with my mom yeah. in Florida knowing that she has MS yeah. if she did. You live in London? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I love London. It's my favorite city. I can't make it any clearer. Well, no. I was, I've been looking at your tea sign this whole time, but I'm a, I'm a tea head. Yeah. It's all I drink. No, I'm, I'm a tea person. So yeah, I didn't know, but I didn't know you were in London. Yeah. Yeah. I am. But um, I wouldn't be able to be here if she didn't have her, her aid. Oh, I wow. hear what you're saying because we're, we have that with my mom now. Yes. My sister lives with her. Thank God my sister doesn't want to have much of a life. And I really mean that. Like I always tell my mom if she was yeah. normal and wanted a normal social life, you know, we I don't know what we do. Because there's three of us. But you know, Kristen, I think about that too. I'm like, I don't have kids. Everyone's gotta really think about that. But yeah, really, no, it is more, more than most, you know. And, and yeah, so, I never retirement community idea. Lesbian, a lesbian community where we just like all, you know, we're there, we're there for each well, other. We, we have a man. That, yeah. Like, it's, the, it's the fine print there. That's the seller. Yeah. It's the golden nugget. You know, they had to get a lawyer and they had to like declare the, there, there was like a private 
group or something there was there was some legal loophole to make it where you could legally discriminate against men and which i just that's the phrase itself gets me a little turned on i mean it just feels so good yeah man my wife would do a somersault right now if she heard that yeah yeah she's very um sick of the white patriarchy right now I mean, I mean, patriarchy right now. She's on a bender. We can't watch it yeah. without her making a, a comment about it. And I'm just like, oof. Did she enjoy Barbie? That's I think the single best thing about the Barbie movie was we have the, not the ex- seen it yet. Then never mind. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to tell, uh, tell your wife just like wear a pink T-shirt and have a great day because it yeah. is like I the most it. fun I day you can have wearing right. pink. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I wore pink for that. I've got a whole new relationship with the color pink because of the Barbie movie. Oh, how funny. Love it so much, yeah. Yeah, we definitely have have plans to. Her yeah. was, and folks didn't are here from Australia. Barbie, right? Was that the, the whole premise that Ken didn't have much of an identity without her? Kind of. It's there's it's so deep. There's a lot of layers, but I mean, it's... it's uh, before I saw it, like a friend of mine, this guy, guy comic was like, oh, I fucking hate that movie. It was a stupid movie. I was like, really? He got really upset about a movie. Like, what is it? Is it you or is it the movie? And he was, I was like, because I heard that it has like, like some, like, I don't know, anti-patriarchy undertones. He goes, they are not subtle. They are overt. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to love this movie. Right. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, um. Uh, I don't know. I just I kind of need you to see it to understand. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to spoil like anything we're for just you. At a yeah. time right now where we need to be shoving that down throats because it's not going down easy. You know. No, and it's I like what they did, but they Trojan horsed it um, okay. into the because it's what I do with the gay agenda on cruise ships. I I do a family a family show. It's very family friendly, but I also talk about my wife because that is also family friendly and wholesome, and so. Cool. You know, you may not notice it, but it is definitely Trojan horsed into a family friendly show that being a lesbian is not a dirty word, you know, right. and there's nothing wrong with this. And it's not, you know, unseemly or whatever. We're not over sexualized. Um, we just happen to have a family. You know, we're right. also boring and we right. fight about cats and dogs and, you know, yeah. regular yeah. people stuff. And so, right. yeah, the Barbie movie Trojan horses in uh, the problem with, you know, or, or not the problem, just like the reality of we live in the patriarchal world that we live in. And there's just, there's a scene that represents what it feels like to be a woman in this world. And it's very playful and very funny, but it also is like, wow, you don't really think about it, but that's exactly what it feels like to be Mm -hmm. a woman in, in, uh, in America, as opposed to what it feels like to be a man in America. And they do a real good job showcasing the difference of what it feels like to be each gender. Um, just, just walking down the street in Venice Beach. <laughs> right. Like I knew, I just, I had a feeling like that, that, I mean, from all the clips and reviews and everything that I've read that, that we were going definitely, I just didn't want to go in this, in the middle of the madness of it. Sure. Yeah. That, but, and we couldn't, her, her folks are here from Australia for, for a while. So cool. yeah, we're, we're she's taking them away. So I've not. Oh, hello. <laughs> Are you using your air conditioner? Is it hot there? I do have it on. I can't believe you noticed. It was 80 today. Wow. I'm like the only person in England that has an air conditioner. 
That's amazing. Yeah, we don't have them out here in Southern California. Like, well, I mean, Southern California does, but we're near the beach. We're in Redondo Beach, so we don't have one. So definitely, yeah. Yeah, I've got the window shut for this. And I'm like, as soon as this is over, I'm going to open that window back up. Because <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I mean, it's it, it was just uh, it, we got it in July and we had the coolest summer since. So this is probably the third time I've had it on all summer. <laughs> But last year it was 100 degrees. There were days where it was 90, 86, wow. 100. So I was like, I am, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'll either ship me back home to Florida, where I can sit with my mother in an air conditioned house, <laughs> or we get an air conditioner. And we just had to do some serious research because old houses, new houses, whatever, they don't do duct work. So oh, right. it had to be the mini split. So it was, it's fine. We found a Costco. We got it at Costco. I'm like, America, <laughs> you know? It's awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah it's definitely paid for itself today, <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah. Brute, yeah. I feel like, can you hear it though? I feel like I can hear it. Okay. I can't hear it over my fan. My fan. <laughs> okay. I know, yeah. I, do have a, I do have a fan over there too, because, you know, it is what it is. We got to blow that cool air around. So yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It, it's actually, this is, it, this is it. And then tomorrow it plummets back down to 72. And we, oh, coast, nice. we coast right to autumn with constant 72. So I'm good. Love I'm it. Good. Yeah. Love it. Well, I will hopefully have my shade in, in a couple of weeks so I can do the studio and we won't have this, this light pouring in from behind me. Every time I move, for some reason, it gets dark. I don't know why. You look so, like you're on a stage with bright lights behind you. I, yeah. I never knew how hard it would be to get one shade motorized shade from Home Depot. Like it was such a strain. It was such a problem. Like I can't tell you how many trips and how many phone calls. It's it's a large window, but it's not that unusual of a window. And anyway, finally got it all figured out and worked out with the people at Home Depot. And I should be getting it in a couple of weeks. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Well ladies, this has been so fun and so informative that um, I, I can't tell you, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to, oh, yeah. yeah, to, to have a chat with you, Kristen, much wishing you much ongoing success. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I love, I love that you guys are doing this. I love that I got to be a part of it today. If you, uh, I mean, reach out anytime, but uh, yeah, yeah. I love I, anything for lesbians. I almost can't say no. <laughs> I wish no. On the show today, I called my niece on the way. I said, "We're having that comedian on the show. We're the, you know, the one with the with the lesbian national anthem thing." And she was like, oh, "God, is that today?" So yeah, she's going to be tuning. And this will actually I'm put my my pride shirt on for this. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> I'll tell your niece I, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna." Um, I will. I will. Just real quick, uh, Kristen, just give us your Instagram handle. Uh, and your website so that we can direct our viewers and listeners right right to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, check me out. I'm on Instagram at the Kristen Key, and it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-K-E-Y, or go to my website, and that's www.kristenkey.com, and that's all my social media stuff is there. And uh, yeah, that's how you find me. Oh, fantastic. I wish you were doing the cruise I'm going on next week. Oh, where are you going? I'll be in Vegas. Oh, uh, it's a princess cruise, and it goes from New York City to Rhode Island, Boston, Maine, Halifax, and then back. They have so New much York. fun. That's a great cruise. I've I've done that routing before. It's wonderful. It's it's Is that. It? Uh, I can't. 
It's like fall. You wear flannels, eat some clam chowder. It's fantastic. I, that's it. That's yeah, it. I'm yeah. so freaking excited. Yeah. Lobster rolls and flannel. You feel like you're in that movie Practical Magic the whole time. Um, it's just so beautiful. And it's just like these coastal cities up there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I honestly can't wait. Enjoy. Really. It's honestly, I I wish you were the, uh, the headliner on that one. I I would just because of you again, anything for a lesbian. I wish I was too, but I'm going to be in, uh, in Vegas next week at Brad Garrett's room. So that'll still be fun. It's like a blast furnace. It's like the devil's butthole out there but um, i won't leave the property i'll be yeah i'm gonna be in a hotel suite the whole time whole time perfect (laughs) all right girl thank you well nice to meet you guys thank you so much for having me on have a great rest of the day why do you always run back to like never stop chasing your dreams (laughs) we drank way too much whiskey Uh-huh. Is you.